Hello and welcome to Yerushalmi Peah, Dav Chaf Hey, in the Ozohara print. Um, I want to talk about one quick Ha'ara on the page, and then one more global one about Rabbi Kiva. So, um, the Gemara says a very interesting thing, which it's always Kedai to ask ourselves, what is Chayev in Kaya or all the other um, Matanos? So the Gemara has a whole conversation about um, whether um, something that grew in Chutzlaretz and was moved into Eretz Yisrael, etc., is Chayev or not. So I just want to say that um, the Gemara has a whole hakira about if, let's say, um, something grew in a um, in Eretz Yisrael soil and then it was moved on a boat to Chutzlaretz and then it was harvested there, or let's say it grew in an area that was right outside of Eretz Yisrael and then that area was annexed according to the way that um, the stipler, so that's all, um, explains it. So if that happens, then um, then what's the halacha? So the Gemara says, by the way, I'll come back to that slide in a minute, Bez Risha. So the Gemara says basically that, no, it's very clear that Midoraisa, it has to live in Eretz, it has to be in Eretz Yisrael in order to be Chayv and Peah. Now, I want to point out that um, everybody agrees that Midoraisa, it has to be in Eretz Yisrael, and everybody agrees that the Rabbanan were Machayv something in Chutzlaretz. The question is what? Some people say it's Gemara and Chulun, um, Daf Kuf, Lamed Zion and Bez, and the Rambam brings it down to as well, Paragalif. So um, everybody agrees that the Rabbanan said something is Chayav and Peah, um, whether it's everything in Eretz Yisrael, outside of Eretz Yisrael, or according to one sheet in the Beis Yosef in Yerodea, he brings down it's only something right near Eretz Yisrael, I guess because it's so close, etc. So, but the, that's the bottom line. And it's always good to ask this question, you know, does Arla apply in Chutzlaretz and, you know, etc. Um, and again, we talked about in the introduction, this idea that, um, since most people don't give pay nowadays on their field at all, but they give uh, Meiser Ani through Meiser Kasafim through money. So um, that's how they fulfill this mitzvah. And we talked about why we don't leave fields unguarded and how it doesn't necessarily only go to the Aniye, uh, Aniye and Bechlal. So Ayin Shem. I want to just say something very fascinating. So where do we have the Gilionus of uh, Yisrael Yaakov Kanievsky, the Stipers, that's all? We have it printed um, in the back of the beer of Chaim Kanievsky on his uh, Pirish on Yerushalmi. And here's the thing. If you look at the introduction, so the notes were put out, I, I believe, by Rechaim Kanievsky's son-in-law. And he said that his father-in-law told him, Rechaim said, that you could put this out because it's going to die to publish the Stipler's Ha'aras in Yerushalmi. Now, so when you hear about the Hashivas that he talks about it, you would think that it's an entire safer. The Kielos Yaakov has very, very minuscule, I'm not saying they're not important, but very, very small Ha'aras throughout Yerushalmi. So, meaning the safer is 99% Rechaim Kanievsky and all of his Ha'aras on Yerushalmi Kaseder, which is phenomenal and, and uh, important. And just literally explains the Bashab Shah and everything. Um, and then you have at the back of the safer, these are ours from Rechaim, from, from Rechaim's father, the Stiplers, that's all. And again, you just see how much regard and respect he had t- towards his father. It's it's a phenomenal thing. Um, and literally, again, the Ha'aras are important, and there's even one quoted over here that I just mentioned about how to explain, um, you know, these pairs of Chutzlaretz and what, what that means. But the point is that Rechaim's um, Kibra of Aim was legendary, and that's just one tiny example Um about his farm and about how much he regarded his father. The Mishnah here quotes from Akiva. I want to bring down a couple of quick Ha'aras about him. Rekiva was a very famous Tana in Eretz Yisrael and also lived in Babel. He's one of the greatest of all the Tanaim who literally influenced all of the Torah Shabbat as far as the verbiage and his Limudim. He was a leading sage of the people for most of the period following the destruction of the Besamidash. He was born probably around 50 years before the destruction. And of course, we know that ultimately he was a martyr of the Romans who put him to death in that time. Um, he's very famously called Rekiva ben Yosef, and um, Yosef, if you think about it for a minute, we know that he came from Gerim. 
and we know that we, it's, we're almost clear from, from Chazal that Yosef actually converted. So here you have this man, I don't know what he was exactly, maybe he was Roman, and he converts and he becomes Jewish. Now he's converting not at a time of glory for the Jews at all. So th clearly this Yosef um, had a tremendous intellectual um, honesty um, that he literally pulled himself up from becoming, um, you know, living with the Jews who are uh, living a life of, you know, a guy and watching the oppressed Jews, and yet he converted. Now, it didn't work at first, meaning his son, Rekiva, was not receptive at all. So, um, now, I want to just say that I don't know how old Rekiva was when his father converted. It seems to me that it was even before he was born, and he was born Jewish. And I don't know much about Rekiva's mother. I don't know anything about Rekiva's mother. So, um, I just don't know any Chazal that say that, like, Rekiva converted as a child, like he was a Gerkutten with his father, and whether he refused or not. But Lachora, he probably would have refused, because we know that he hated Talmud Chachamim, and etc., etc. But his father was a very, very uh, man with conviction. And Mesachas Smachos, Perak uh, Tess, uh, it actually says that he was Zoha Yosef to see his son Akiva become a Galadar. So that's a tremendous thing. Um, and that needs to be said that you see that there's a tremendous strength that Rekiva had um, that he probably you know, got from his father as well. Um, Rekiva was a very, very famous Tana um, and the Talmidim of Ravel Yezer and the Rishu and the Mishnah. And again, Kulma Liva Rekiva, Chazal say that his Limudim, what he taught, um, are, are, are phenomenally influential and important throughout all of Shas and all of Mishnayas as well. Um, there's a lot more to say about him. I do want to say one more thing about Rekiva, which is a chasam sofer. That's why I was quoting this here. We talked about how Rekiva in the Bavli is spelled with a Aleph, and how Rekiva in Yerushalmi is actually spelled with a He. So chasam sofer says a very interesting thing. He says that Rekiva had a very, very difficult life, and he was tormented, and literally, I mean, eventually he was you know, murdered um, as a um, martyr by, by the Romans. Um, and so, there, and, and, and he lived in poverty for much of his life. His wife died on him, etc., etc. So, Chazam Sover suggests that um, we know we're not supposed to name after somebody who went through tragic circumstances. Now, you could argue and say that he was a martyr and he had a long life and he was an older man. He was probably, um, I, don't, I don't recall exactly, but he, he, he seems to have been an older man when he, when he was murdered by the Romans. Um, and much of his life, you know, was all about Torah dedication. So, that Zechus is phenomenal. Now, there's one aspect of not naming after a tzaddik because it's a kitcher, which is which is a famous vart from Rav Yaakov um, Kamenetsky Zatzal explaining the Sefer Hasidim, why the Sefer Hasidim says not to name anybody Yehuda, which was his name, and uh, Shmuel. Um, and it seems to be that he didn't want them to have a kitrug, um or extra pressure on them to become gedolim like their namesakes, Yehuda, uh, the author of Sefer Hasidim, and his father, Ben or Shmuel. So anyway, but... The Chassam Sover is more worried about if somebody had a hard life, how do we name after them? Like Rachel, for example, how do we name after her? Um, she died in child labor. She was 34, probably. So, again, some people just say that, well, they're Tzadikim, so it's fine. And there is certainly an opinion like that. But Chassam Sover says a very fascinating thing. He says that Rekiva normally spells his name with an Aleph. That's his real name. And so he says that if people that name after Rekiva, they, they often change their name and they spell it with a hey, so it kind of takes away some of that punch. Now, Tzarech Ian, I don't know what he would say about the fact that, and I'm sure he was very familiar, the fact that in the Zohar and the fact that in the Yerushalmi, it constantly spells his name with that. I guess he would say that the Bavli is the Iker, and that that was Kovea, his name. I don't think, and so therefore when we change it to a hey, that takes care of the problem. I don't think he would say, I was discussing with somebody, I don't think he would say that, well, the Bavli is the one that records his martyrdom, because it's not true, the Yerushalmi does too. 
Um, and there's a lot of stories about Itsaris in, in both Bobby and Yerushalmi. Maybe there's more in your, in the Bobby, but it doesn't matter. The fact is that that's his name. So anyway, that, that's what he says. Very interesting. And hopefully, Od Chazol Namoid will have more to talk about about this topic. Thanks so much for joining today.